What's going on, guys? Welcome to episode 19 of Calling All Crab Beer. And I'm Luke. I am your host. And hot damn, we got a good show for you today. So uh, I know some of you guys have seen the social media postings, and I was kind of hinting that today was going to be kind of a uh, off-the-rocker show. And it is. You know, I have told you guys in the past that I'm a Christian, that I am, you know, but that doesn't mean I'm not human. <laughs> and what I mean by that is, is that um, I try to live my life a certain way where I put people first and I attempt to, you know, be as positive as I can every day. But we all have our downfalls and we all have things that happen that make life interesting, so to speak. So let's talk a little bit about beer. So right now, I, uh, one of the things that's making this podcast so interesting is that I am a couple beers in, which is not normal for me. Normally I tell you guys, and I've told you guys in the past, which is a truth that I typically will cut myself off at two beers. Um, I'm on number three today, which is probably gonna, what's leading to this podcast being a little bit more, uh, energetic, so to speak. So I started today with, um, I just got a, my second order from Taver which is amazing. Um, it is slightly expensive and it's kind of easy, which has led to me getting in trouble for my misses a little bit because I just kind of something pops up and I'm like, damn, I got to get that. Boom. Hit it. It's so easy to just hit the get it button and have it charge you. And, uh, next thing you know, you end up spending, you know, 75 bucks on a, on a, um, container of beer, a, you know, package plus $15 shipping, which is 90. And, uh, but the cool thing is you end up with some great beers. So, so far what I've dug into, I'm really enjoying this fresh series from Hubbard's cave. So Hubbard's cave has a, an I, a double IPA series called fresh that they come out with, you know, some, sometimes they're single hop version. Sometimes they're multi hop. It all depends. This particular package, I ended up with version 24 and version 25, both which are multi hop packages. And please forgive me because I didn't write down the uh, the physical hops in each one, but I know that I enjoyed version 25 a little bit more than version 24. Both were phenomenal. I think I rated them both 4.25 on untapped. That's how good they are. One was just slightly edged out over the other one. Both are extremely juicy. You know, great hazy double IPAs, phenomenal flavor profiles, and it just has cemented the fact that I really enjoy this fresh series from Hubbard's Cave, and then I will continue to purchase it going forward. So version 28 is actually on untapped right now, and as soon as I get off this show, I'm going to pick that bad boy up so I can continue down the road, even though we're missing 26 and 27. I was kind of hoping that Taver would continue to uh, kind of follow the line and you'd be able to get each one. But I guess that typically has to be, uh, depends on the... Um, how much is sought after? And from the reviews that I've seen on Untapped for 26 and 27, they don't look as um, sought after. They're looking like the reviews are slightly down as in comparison to 28. So we'll kind of see how things go from there. And then uh, the the I started today with, um, for those of you that have heard in the past, I'm part of a group on Facebook called Craft Brew Junkies. 
love these guys. I'm still kind of getting to know the group and, you know, really building myself to be a part of it. You know, I'm really looking forward to eventually becoming what they call an EB, which is an elbow bender, which is uh, kind of like the hierarchy hierarchy of the group where you become kind of one of the pack and they uh, assign you a specific number and they send you out this cool little placard that has your uh, information on it. And um, I'm looking forward to eventually becoming an EB. And um, I don't really do a lot with people on Untapped. You know, I've sent out a couple small bombs. I had a gentleman named Ramon Lopez who was amazing, who actually um, gifted me three bottles of Mariana Trench um, Imperial Stout from, you know, Barrel Edge Imperial Stout from Due South that I actually still owe the gentleman $30 for. And I have not just seen him to be able to give him that money. So I need to take care of that ASAP. And then I've, you know, sent out a couple small bombs to a couple other people on there and um, have a buddy, Ross Bennick, that uh, he actually had me do a huge bomb of Funky Buddha for him. He did pay for those, so it wasn't really like it was a gifted bomb. And he sent me a couple darknesses and the um, and the Irish coffee stout from, <clears throat> um, I forget the name of the brewery off the top of my head, Lift something, um, I forget, I, I had it for... Um, St. Patty's Day, which was amazing. These guys are great. I love the group. You know, I, I posted in there about my daughter and some issues that she was having with her heart, which I know I talked about a little bit on the show. And the response that I got there was just amazing. I mean, over 100 people responded to my post and told me they were praying for her and that they were, you know, <clears throat> wishing for the best and things like that, which I didn't even get responses like that on my normal postings on Facebook and stuff like that. So it's pretty amazing to see this group and how well these people come together. And a lot of these guys will just randomly send porch bombs out to people. I'm still trying to figure out how they get their addresses without them knowing, because I don't see anywhere where it has like a list where you can add like your name and address, unless you're an EB, um, which is an elbow bender, like I said. So long story short, you know, today I st- we have a saying on Crap Brew Junkies was to start with a triple. So I did. I started today with an Anchorage Brewing. It was my first brew from Anchorage Brewing. Anchorage Brewing Company, Anchorage, Alaska. It was called um, Shift... Ooh. Um, Shift to Black? Wow, why can I not remember the name of that beer right now? It's killing me. Shape Shift Black. That's what it was called. It's a triple IPA, 10.4 ABV... Wow. I mean, just phenomenal brew. Super crushable, slightly boozy on the back end. Um, It was very fruity, but it didn't have, I couldn't tell you what I was tasting. You know, I couldn't tell you if it was mango or stone fruit or it was just kind of a fruity um, hit off the bat, you know, once it off the initial flavor profile. Very floral, you know, um, uh, aroma, just a great brew overall, super crushable, you know, had a slight booziness on the back end, but it was fantastic. I mean, I just really, really, really enjoyed it. And um, sadly, it was the only one that I picked up because some of those um, Anchorage Brewing brews are $10, $11 a, bo- a, a brew. So um, I only grabbed one of those, whereas I think I was able to pick up like the Hubbard's Caves, I got two of each, the version 24 and version 25 for, I think it was like either nine bucks or 10 bucks for two of each, maybe 12, you know, something along those lines, but you get two 16 ounce cans versus one. So that was just phenomenal. So today, so far I've, I've dove into that Shapeshift Black from Anchorage Brewing, triple IPA, 10.4 ABV, 
phenomenally crushable. 4.5 on untapped. Encourage you guys, if you're able to get your hands on it, just to, to crush it. It's an absolutely amazing brew. Then I moved on. My second brew of the day was this was the second of my version 24 um, double IPAs from Hubbard's Cave, the fresh V24. You know, just a great brew overall. I mean, crushable, hazy IPA, nice fruit tones to it. Does have a little bit of like a pineapple-esque, you know, um, nose and a little bit of pineapple flavor to it, but just super crushable. Now, let's get into this bad boy. Right now, I am hitting... so good what an amazing and amazing amazing brew so this is a collaboration between evil twin brewing and westbrook westbrook brewing it's called ofymd this is an imperial stout with coconut and pineapple which is just friggin' amazing i mean as this thing has gotten warmer it is just unbelievable. You know, pineapple and coconut imperial stout, which you would think that I was talking about probably, you know, an IPA or something like that. But the, the coconut flavor is really evident right now. It's still kind of getting up to room temperature. So I kind of expect maybe a little bit more pineapple once it hits that room temperature mark. This is almost 13% ABV. It's a 12.8. And um, I am just right now, I'm in love with this brew. If I had to give this a, a rating right now, it would be right up there with that um, Shapeshift Black from Anchorage at a 4.5. I'm anxious to see kind of where the finale leads me once this thing kind of warms up a little bit more and I get a little bit more flavor from it. But it's so good. And it just smells of coconut. Ah, oh, man. It's so good. And it's smooth and it just goes down easy. There's no, you know, n just no nasty bitterness to it. Nothing that would kind of turn you off to it. It kind of sits with those flavors of coconut and pineapple. On that sip right there, I got a little bit of a pineapple on the back end, which is pretty cool, but it's still overwhelmingly coconut. So I'm going to let this thing warm up as we go through the show. So <clears throat> we're going to get into just life okay and episode 19 getting in episode 20 i appreciate you guys but my views or my my listens have gone significantly down now let's kind of explain that so episode 17 i believe is the one that i kind of dove into and started talking a little bit about politics and i feel like i lost a lot of listeners i feel like you guys judge me i feel like you guys <clears throat> maybe got ticked off at the fact that, you know, I am a conservative, I'm a Christian, and, uh, you know, I, I what I've noticed by looking at kind of the analytics of my podcast is that I did have a lot of listeners from California and New York. Well, I feel like with that, you know, probably a lot of you guys that were listening to the show were liberals or Democrats, and I apologize. You know, my intention was not to offend anybody or upset anybody or push anybody away because I myself am a, am a very accepting person. I am not one of those people that tells you, you're a liberal, I'm, an, I'm a conservative, screw you, go away, I hate you. That's not, my, that's not how I live. You know, I'm the first person to engage in constructive conversation, to listen to other people's viewpoints, and to have a real conversation. But <clears throat> before anything, I'm a father and a Christian. So when it comes to things like abortion and stuff like that, I'm sorry, but I, my, my, 
my stance does not waver. And that doesn't mean that I disrespect you for having more of an open stance on abortion and things like that. I just, I'm sorry. You know, I feel like the reality behind abortion is simple. And and let me kind of explain to you my circle. So I have a sister who is three years younger than me. I'm 39, um, about to be 40 next year. And she's right now 35. She turns 36 August 4th, August 14th, sorry. And my sister was born without a uterus. She does not have the ability to conceive children. So this woman has been fighting for years. She's laid out money to a surrogate and gotten screwed over and actually had the surrogate keep the baby and, and run and was screwed out, screwed over with that. She, um, she became a, a foster parent and has tried to adopt children and just hasn't had it work out for her. So being in a situation like that where I have a sibling who is unable to conceive children and wants nothing more to be, to be a mother and have her own child, I look at people that make the decision to lay down in bed with somebody, get pregnant, and then decide that the baby is an inconvenience, so let's just murder it and kill it and move on with our lives. And I'm sorry, but that, to me, is not a feasible solution to the situation. Are there instances where abortion is the answer? Absolutely. If the mother's health is in in jeopardy, if the baby is a victim, I mean, if the, the, the mother is a victim of sexual abuse or sexual assault or something like that, I would never expect one of my daughters or my wife or anybody for that matter to just accept a child simply because of the fact that they are, they were a victim of sexual assault and because it's a baby. But at the end of the day, you know, you've been raped, you know, you've been assaulted at that point in time, you can take the morning after pill and essentially terminate the pregnancy before it even becomes what we would consider to be a life. And I use air quotes. Um, but you got places like New York, you know, passing the abortion law where essentially the baby, they can abort up to 40 weeks. And then if they attempt an abortion and the baby survives, now we have this ongoing debate where if the baby is born and is still alive, do we give it medical care and treat it as an, as a, as a human being or do we just let it die? And I'm sorry, but that's wrong. The baby's born. If it, if your abortion does not, it fails and the baby is born, the baby is human. At that point in time, the baby, we must deliver um, medical care to that baby to save its life and move on. Because I'm going to tell you right now, dude, there are thousands and thousands of families in this, in the United States and in the world right now that would do anything to have a child of their own. So the, so the potential for children to be adopted, especially at birth is unbelievable. Now, don't get me wrong. There's a lot of kids in the system and things like that, that people don't want to you know, that struggle to get adopted because they're older and people want a baby. And and I get that. And I understand that it's, there's two sides to the coin. So, but at the end of the day, we're all adults. And if you lay down in bed with someone and you choose to have unprotected sex and you get pregnant at that point, the baby becomes your responsibility, not a, um, inconvenience in your life. And that's my stance. And I'm sorry if that offended anybody, you know, and like I said, I'm not going to get into anything more political or go off on a rant, but it's, uh, that kind of stuff is frustrating to me. And there's no, there's no gray area, you know, in, in my stance on that. So if you stop listening to my show because of my political rant a couple shows back, you know, then I apologize. And, you know, maybe this show is just not for you, but, um, I'm going to be me and I'm going to talk about the things that are important to me and what makes sense. So at the end of the day, um, 
getting away from the, the political topic, let's talk about the other day. So this is so, so, so stupid. Okay. Let me tell you guys a little bit about my past. Okay. I am a kid who grew up in an abusive home. And what I mean by that is my mom and my dad separated when I was very young. My dad was a homosexual male and who, who tried to be straight and eventually just got to the point where he couldn't continue to lie to himself or he felt like he couldn't. And he decided that he needed to sow his, his homosexual oats and him and my mom divorced. And my mom says that she was so like traumatized by the whole thing that she just like ran away and took me and my sister. Okay. I get you. So my dad spent a lot of years trying to find us. He actually hired a personal, I mean, a private detective to find us because my mom literally took us, we were in Florida and she took us up to New Jersey. God, that's only getting better with warmth. So, so good. And I'm definitely getting more of that pineapple on the back end as this brew continues to warm up. So, um, so I've been, this has been a part of my life since I was born. I mean, I actually walked in on my dad having sex with another man and it was traumatizing for me. You know, I remember running back downstairs, you know, my dad, my dad was dying of AIDS. My dad actually died from AIDS, contracted through homosexual sex. And I was, he, he was on his deathbed essentially. And we had a neighbor downstairs that also had HIV. And I guess they kind of decided they were going to have like a last hurrah and they were just going to kind of like get off you know, with each other or whatever. So my dad sent me downstairs. The guy had a kitten and I remember laying on the couch with the kitten and the kitten kitten was so cute. It was tiny. It was like sucking on my ear and, you know, and, and I was a kid. I mean, it's the time I was 10 years old and I just loved this baby kitten and I had a, a blast hanging out down in this guy's apartment with it. But two hours go by and as a kid, you get anxious, you get, you start wondering what's going on. So I went upstairs and I opened the door and these two dudes are having sex, (laughs) you know, and yes, one of those dudes was my father, but it was absolutely traumatizing to me because I still have an image in my head of the scenario. And it, it changed my perspective on my dad, which is horrible for me because I looked up to my dad as being a hero to me. I looked up to my dad as being one of those people that just had such a positive influence on my life because of his character and his personality and how he was. And as soon as I saw him having sex with another man, it destroyed my vision of my father. Now, what I mean by that is I still respect my dad. I still love my dad with all my heart. I still wish my dad was here. I still wish my dad had the opportunity to meet my kids because he passed away in on December 10th, 1990. So he's been gone for, good Lord, almost 30 years. Been gone longer than he than I knew him. Um, so, but it was a traumatizing event for me. And as a kid, you know, it it just changed my overall perspective of like the whole scenario. So the end of the day, long story short, my dad ended up passing away from, he actually died from pneumonia with complications due to the HIV virus. So, um, it was just, I've been through this, you know what I mean? I've been in this situation. I've had a lot of this stuff happen with me in my life. So long story short, it's, uh, my sister can't have kids, <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and I almost wonder sometimes if this was like a punishment, you know, that was brought down by God on my mother and my father because of their, you know, 
issues or whatever. But anyway, so get away from that and stop talking about the uh, the political bullshit and all that stuff because it just kind of infuriates me and I get frustrated. And the funny thing is, is I'm a very, very, very humble, very understanding person. You know, I would never judge somebody by their political views. You know, it's funny because I actually, my sister-in-law actually unfriended me on Facebook because she's, you have to understand something when it comes to there's, if you're a Christian and a Democrat, it is highly contradictory. And what I mean by that is if you believe that Jesus Christ is your savior and you believe in the Bible, how can you be a Democrat? (laughs) You You can, but it is highly contradictory to the life you live. Because if you support people who believe in abortion and all this other stuff, you're essentially contradicting the Bible. And that's her. You know, she's a hardcore Democrat, voted for Obama, all this crazy stuff, but swears that she's a devout Christian. And she obviously was offended by some of the things that I post on my Facebook page. So she unfriended me and she probably doesn't even know that I know that, but I do. Um, and I could care less at this point. You know, I still love her to death. She's, she's a phenomenal person and I would never judge her based on her beliefs. Um, I would challenge her and have conversations with her if it was a possibility, but it wouldn't be a possibility. So anyway, I am going back to all this crazy shit that I went through as a kid. You know, my mom and my dad broke up when we were young. My mom moved to New Jersey. My stepdad who moved us to New Jersey, his name was Jim Brown. Believe it or not, James Brown, actually, uh, white dude, you know, whatever. He was a fucking scumbag. And pardon my my F-bomb drop, but, you know, he was. He, uh, he ended up being a phenomenal figure to me later on in my life. But when I was a kid, he was a piece of shit. You know, he was the type of person who would get drunk, beat my mom, beat the shit out of my sister, you know, do stuff to me you know, treat me like shit, talk down to me. You know, the, the two things that stand out to me in my, in, in my life is one time in Florida or no, I'm sorry. In, in Berlin, New Jersey, we actually had a friend of his house and they had like a party going on and they were playing, we were playing darts and I threw a dart at the dartboard and he was drunk off his ass. Mind you, I threw a dart at the dartboard. It hit the metal piece in like the, that goes around, you know, kind of each section of the dartboard and it bounced off and it stuck into one of his buddy's work boots. And this was a guy that he like worked in, in a landscaping with and it didn't hurt the guy. I didn't stab his foot or anything like that. It just stuck in his shoe and he laughed about it and thought it was funny. And my stepdad, Jim took me outside, screamed at me and threw me through the wall of this guy's shed that he had out back to the point where I came to rest on the floor just below like chainsaws and like lawn equipment and stuff that could have easily fallen off the wall and like stabbed me in the head and killed me. And he just turned around and went back inside like it was nothing. So long story short, I mean, I went through so much stuff with this guy. I watched him beat the shit out of my mom. I watched him backslap my sister who was a little kid for standing up for my mom. I watched him, you know, smash the windshield on our car because he was pissed off one day that my mom didn't go when she had a clearing that he felt like was enough time for her to make it through an intersection. And my mom, and that was the time that my mom actually stood up to him and actually kicked him out of the car and made him and his friend Bill walk home. And instead of walking home, they actually walked to a bar, got even more plastered before he finally made it home four or five hours later. And then, of course, it turned into a night of just ass whoopings and beating on my mom and beating on my sister. And... The crazy part is, is when I turned 15, um, 
that was the last time he ever put his hands on my mom. And I beat the living shit out of that son of a bitch. He was a little, he was a smaller guy. He was probably 5'6", five, 5'7". Five, and I'm 5'10 now, so, you know, whatever. But at about 15 years old, I was about 5'6", five, 5'7", five, about his height. Probably 50, 60 pounds heavier than him. And he was wasted one day. And I beat the shit out of this guy. And about a month later, he left and never came back. And he, he returned later on in my life and apologized to me and tried to be a father figure to me later on. And um, tried to kind of, you know, ask for forgiveness for the situations that he had in the past and things like that. So it's been, I do, one thing that I would honestly say is that I do have anger issues. And when I talk about anger issues, have my kids seen it? Has my wife seen it? My wife has only seen me lose my temper two times in almost 14 years of being together and 13 years of marriage. And never on her. It's only been in, well, one time was on her, but... Um, one time was, had to do with the, uh, the boyfriend of my ex who threatened me and did some stupid stuff. And I was on the phone with him and I went nuts over that. But long story short, in that period of time, most of the time when I get angry, I go for a walk, I leave, I walk out of the house, I go for a drive. I just do something to try to take my mind off of everything as to not allow my children to see that side of me or my wife to see that side of me. So it's been, um, I, 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 learned at a young age how not to treat women. So watching my mom go through that, my mom, you know, unfortunately, once my stepfather, um, Jim left, my mom had two additional boyfriends beyond that, that were both just as much as scumbags and ended up hitting her and putting their hands on her. And I, and I ended up coming to blows with both of them. Um, and it was just, just a, a trying time in my life. This brew, OFYMD from Evil Twin in Westbrook. Wow. As this thing has continued to come up to kind of room temperature, I'm definitely getting more pineapple, more coconut. It is just, I'm enjoying this brew. Um, it has a kind of a nuttiness to it on the initial slurp. Slurp, better, no better word to say it. And then as it kind of cascades back over the tonsils, the taste buds, you get more pineapple and then a finish of kind of coconut. Wow, it is really, really good. I'm really enjoying this. So kind of feeding back into the concept and the, the talk, what we're talking about. Um, <clears throat> my mom had a, just to kind of give you an example of like the 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 uh, examples that I had growing up. This guy, Bill, his name was, um, oh man, I can't remember his last name. Bill Corns. His last name was actually Corns. So my mom met this guy in jail and they became my mom somehow. I don't know if it was because she was lonely or what, but somehow she got involved in like this prison um, pen pal program. And she ended up, you know, getting sending letters back and forth with this guy, whatever. And when he got out, she literally picked him up from the jail. And what this guy actually was in jail for was strong arm robbery. Him and a buddy of his got drunk, beat up a guy, and his buddy took his wallet, but he ended up getting charged for it as well. And I think he spent like two years in jail, you know, whatever. But this guy was just sheer scum. You know, this guy was a piece of shit, had no respect for women, no respect for anything else. Um, was it an alcoholic? Could have been a drug addict. I don't know too much about the drug side of it, whatever. But he just... New Yorker, you know, Northern New Jersey and New Yorker, bad attitude, just a complete asshole. And 
it got to the point with this guy where I had had multiple physical altercations with him. Like, we had fought multiple times. He thought he was a badass, and every time I would get the best of him and whoop his ass or whatever. Well, finally, what well, the straw that broke the camel's back was we went to, when I turned 18, we went to Louisiana for my aunt's wedding. And while we were there, my mom actually told me about this later on down the line that he, they had went to Catfish Town, which is basically like Bourbon Street, but in Baton Rouge, and gotten drunk. And when they got back to the hotel room, he held her down and choked her almost until she died. And she said that she felt like like her face had turned blue, like she was almost ready to pass out. And then he finally just let go and rolled over and went to sleep. Well, she didn't tell me about that till we got back to Jersey. So he was next door at the neighbor's house and was watching football or something with our next door neighbor whose name was Tommy. And I walked over there and I called him to the door and I was like, hey, you son of a bitch, you put your hands on my mom, you know, bring your ass out here. And he was like, and he walked over to the door and leaned against the, the screen. And he was like, fuck you. You know, you think you're a badass. Me and your mom already sorted that out. And I just was done. I just, with all my might, hauled off, whacked the dude, busted his nose, sent him flying back into this guy's stairs, you know, and that was the end of it. And after that, he never came back to our house. My mom finally just realized it was time for him to go. She sent him on his way and he actually went to Virginia to go live with his uncle or something like that. And he ended up being put to death. He ended up actually killing somebody who was a buddy of his that he was working in landscaping with. They're all landscapers, these fuckers. Pardon my French again. And uh, he actually went to a bar after a day of work, got into a physical altercation, an argument with somebody who was his friend, broke a beer bottle on the bar and slit the guy's throat with it and ended up getting you know, convicted and actually put to death in the Virginia state, um, penal system. So this is the kind of guy that I had as like a, a role model growing up. Good, good Lord. So I've, I definitely believe that I have anger issues from this. So why are we talking about anger issues? Well, this week, kind of a funny thing. Um, we have this guy in my neighborhood that he, I don't know what this kid does. He's probably early to mid twenties. I don't know what he does. I am not racist in any way, shape, or form. I love all people, everybody. He is a black young man, um, which has nothing to do with anything. It's just me telling you a little bit about him. Um, I don't know his name. Never had the opportunity to have that kind of conversation with him, but he's made my family feel uncomfortable multiple times. And what I mean by that is sometimes late at night, my wife will come home from work at 10, 11 o'clock. She works retail, and he'll be sitting on the steps out there with you know, a bottle of liquor and, a, and smoking a blunt or doing whatever. And he just makes them feel uncomfortable because he's always drunk, always high, always out in public in the building doing stuff that he shouldn't be doing. So two days ago, um, which was on Tuesday, I was waiting for a package to be delivered and I had my blinds open and I'm watching outside of my car. Actually, I drive, I don't have any type of fancy car. I got a 2017 Jeep Renegade, you know, cheap ass little Jeep. And it just happened to be parked in my vision. So I'm kind of watching outside and I'm seeing what's going on. So all of a sudden I see this kid kind of come walking up and he sets his liquor bottle and his glass on the hood of my car. (laughs) And if you know me, wow, that is not something you do, okay? So I walked outside, and I said to this young man, 
does that look like a coffee table to you? And he turned around and looked at me and he, he, and I could tell as soon as I saw his face that he was wasted. He could barely talk. He was slurring. You know, he's like, oh, man, sorry. Oh, sorry, man, sorry. You know, and he like picks up his bottle and picks up the glass. And I was like, no, no problem. I'm like, you know, I was like, but I don't appreciate you putting that shit on my car. You know, please don't do it again. And I turned around and started walking away. And uh, he didn't say anything. You know, as far as I could tell, he moved on and I let it be. I went back in the house. He wasn't there anymore. Crazy as hell. Okay. There were some Hispanic workers out there that were doing like, that were trimming like the palm trees and stuff in the area. Again, I'm waiting for a package to be delivered. So I'm watching kind of outside to see what's going on. Because I don't, I don't know if I've ever said this on the, the podcast before, but I work from home. So I do have certain times that I pick up my kids from school and things like that. So it's, uh, I, you know, I, I try to get things delivered within a certain time. Wow. Oh, this brew is absolutely amazing. If you guys can get your hands on OFYMD from Evil Twin and Westbrook's collaboration, do it. Please get it because this is so, so, so good. So good. I'm enjoying every sip of this beer. So I guess they had like this guy that's like collecting the pieces that they caught, that they cut off the trees. And as I'm looking out the window, he leans his sweaty ass on my car. <laughs> and I'm not talking about just like leaning up against it. I'm talking about like putting his his forearm like all on my hood, leaning his entire body weight on the car. This is the same day that the other guy put his liquor bottle and his liquor glass on my car. And for lack of a better term, I kind of looked up and I went, really? Like, what the fuck? Like, well, I mean does this happen more than I think it does? And I'm just noticing it today because I happen to have the blinds open because I'm waiting for a package. So I walk outside, the guy sees me and I kind of, you know, motion to him to get off my car and he does, but he proceeds to make a, a smart ass comment in Spanish to the other guy who's cutting the tree down. Little does he know that I speak Spanish. <laughs> and, uh, he, he basically says to the guy, you know, he, he basically says um, to the guy, like, this puto or this bitch or this asshole. You know, he's like, whatever. Like, he kind of just, like, says, like, a random comment about me. And I turned around, and I looked at him, and I said, and I was like, um, habla inglés. And he was like, eh, poquito. And I was like, okay. I'm like, well, tú habla español, you know, para tú, your, and I basically proceeded to tell him in Spanish that I understood what he said. And his eyes got really, really big. And he's like, oh, lo siento, you know, permiso. You know, he's like, lo siento is like, I'm sorry. You know, permiso is like, excuse me, you know. And I'm like, and I just looked at him and I was like, every fiber of my being wanted to knock this guy on his ass. And I just said, you know what? It's not worth it. And I was like, no problemo, you know. Um, And I just basically told him to keep clearing my car. And uh, went back inside. So what's crazy about this is that that is like, that is my personality. Like I am one of those people that I will fight. And I mean, I will fight. 
Like, I am the kind of person that I will knock somebody on their ass. I will put somebody, you know, out in a heartbeat. But having gotten older, being almost 40 years old, having three kids and a wife, I've learned to control my anger and my frustration. You know, 25 years old, I would have went out there and not even said anything to him, just laid the guy out. But I've learned over the years to make the right decisions. And it's just frustrating to me because, like I said, I mean, as a Christian, as a father, as a husband, you know, I'm not doing my kids any good from jail. And I'm certainly not honoring my God by you know, beating somebody's ass or going out there and not even giving somebody an opportunity to make, to respond or to, to correct the situation or, you know, whatever the case may be. So it's uh it's frustrating because, you know, as a guy who I'm a man's man, you know, I'm one of those people that, you know, I, um, I don't take shit. I don't deal with people talking crap to me. I don't deal with people being smart. I don't deal with people lying about me. I don't deal with people doing stuff that frustrates me because if you, my favorite people in the world, I am one of those people that I don't get loud. Okay. I keep my cool, but I assess the situation and those type of people that get loud with you and scream at you and get obnoxious and try to like intimidate you with their, with their volume are my favorite kind of people because those are the people that I knock the fuck out. And I'm dead serious because in years of past and prior of going through situations like this where you get these guys that think they're tough guys and they think that they have that just by getting loud or obnoxious or screaming at you that they're going to intimidate you or they're going to make you feel small those are my favorite situations to be in because like I said I will destroy you and what I mean by that is I will stay calm and speak to you in such a way that it'll make you want to rip my head off. And all it, all I desire in that moment is for you to take a swing at me. And as soon as you do, I will lay you the fuck out. And I'm dead serious. I mean, that is, that's the scenario that I've dealt with and gone through in the past. And it's never worked out positively for anybody else. In high school, I had the nickname The Dentist. And the reason why I was called the dentist is because I was known as a person who would knock people's teeth out. And it's stupid and it's not something I'm proud of, you know, now that I'm almost 40 years old. But it's relevant to the situation because you have these people that will attempt to get loud, will attempt to discredit others, will attempt to scream and yell and intimidate you. And I encourage all you guys out there to stand your ground, to be strong to stand up for for what you believe in. And if you're put in a situation where you feel like you have no choice but to defend yourself, you better do it. And if you can get away without throwing, you know, coming to blows or throwing a shot or doing anything like that, then I absolutely encourage you to do that as well. Because at the end of the day, it is not worth it to come to blows with someone, to end up in jail, to do anything like that. That's not what I'm talking about right now. I want you guys to assess each and every situation, but I want you to be strong enough to stand up for what you believe in. And even if that means going back to the political spectrum, even if that means that your beliefs are middle of the road in comparison to Republican and Democrat, you may have beliefs that aren't completely right wing or aren't completely left wing and that's okay. 
It's okay to believe in what you believe in and to be yourself. It's okay to not be a sheep and to not listen to what everybody else says and to conform to one side or the other. Because I'll tell you straight up, there has never been a president that has 100% agreed with my views to a T on everything. Never. It's almost been like the lesser of two evils in terms of, you know, voting for somebody or doing whatever. So, and we're not going to talk about politics anymore, but I want you guys to understand something that, you know, kind of going back to what I talked about in the beginning, the reason why I got away from doing sports nutrition related podcasts, you know, things like that was because of the anger factor and kind of like, you know, the news and things like that. So this is the first time that I've kind of gotten real with you guys and told you, you know, more about my history and kind of what I'm going through, you know, being in South Florida, you know, I am, um, what I'm doing right now is I do work for a company, but I own my own company. I have a company called Forged by Fire Digital, which is a digital marketing company. And I have, you know, multiple clients that I work for through that company that I do digital marketing, you know, email marketing, social media, things like that for, um, and that's my bread and butter. You know, that's what I do. And that's what I, that's what I enjoy. And that's what puts food on the table and takes care of my kids and my family and everything else. So, and I think what's crazy about that is that growing up the way that I did and being able to kind of read people and deal with emotions and have gone through all the crazy things that I've gone through have actually, has actually made me a stronger marketer because I can feed I understand how to feed people when it comes to emotions because 90% of what we purchase and what we do is based on emotions. You know, even when somebody does something out of what a lot of people call impulse buying, impulse is driven by emotion. So there's something about that product or that, you know, um, that or that service that those people are offering that you triggers an emotional response in you and that's why you buy it. And that's what marketing is all about. So I know that this podcast has been like a roller coaster of like rides all over the place and dude I you know I I just try to be real with you guys and and enjoy our time and have a good have a you know tell you guys a little bit more about me and just kind of have fun and be real with you so uh what I'm going to do next time is I'm actually going to put some topics out there and see if you guys have some things specifically that you want to hear about more related to beer, possibly, um, or not. If you want to hear more about me as a person, some things that I've gone through, things like that, please, you know, I'm, I'm more than willing to open myself up and tell you guys about that a little bit more. But I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. This is episode 19 of Calling All Craft Beer. I appreciate you guys so much, and uh, I look forward to episode 20. Getting into the two zeros, baby. So thank you guys so much. And, uh... Thanks for listening. Hasta la vista, baby.